All right, everyone, we'd like to welcome a special guest to the program today, someone who is insta-famous for his incredible golf photography, not to mention a former Four Magazine cover boy, golf's most interesting man, Channing Benjamin. What's up, partner? You owe, hey. me, for that, you owe me for that introduction. I like that introduction. Thanks a lot. I, I owe you anyway. <laughs> I know. We'll get to that later. Uh, but you live, in, <laughs> you, you live out in the Palm Springs area, and uh, you're obviously locked into the golf landscape. So what's the buzz been like out there with the announcement uh, that Riverside County is allowing golf to reopen? Um, the buzz has been uh, pretty pretty heavy. I mean, people are excited. I mean, there's a lot of confusion, um, but people are excited to be able to get back on the golf course for sure. I mean, the, the deal with the restrictions, uh, the mandatory uh, restrictions, I mean, they have to have them. Um, it makes golf a little more difficult, I think, um, playing golf with, with a face mask and and having, uh, you know, lots of other rules and regulations. But at least you can play golf. I think one of the most important things is getting people outside of the house and, and getting, uh, getting active. Absolutely. It's all about context. So, you know, people being back on the golf course, is that a good thing for you? Or do you have to do more Photoshopping when you're out there taking photos? You know, fortunately, um, I try to only shoot when um, it's arranged so there, there'll be less people on the course. So uh, the best shots for me are in the morning or in the evening. And obviously, um, I could shoot the back nine uh, in the morning when people haven't really gotten to that part of the golf course and the maintenance crew can stay off that area. The front nine, I can shoot in the evening um, when the tee times are blocked out a little bit. Most of my photo shoots, I've kind of arranged it that way. It's the way we do it at Pebble Beach um, because they're so busy, and that's the way we do it at some of the public golf courses where uh, you can't help uh, the amount of people that are out there. The private courses tend to be a little bit easier. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, before we get too deep into your photography gig here, let's give our listeners a little insight on your unique background in the music industry, you know, specifically how you used to tango with NSYNC and Britney Spears back in the early 2000s. Yeah, I was a, I was a video director in the mid-2000s. I did a lot of uh, sporting events. I did live um, video directing, so multi-camera shoots with a switcher and that uh, type of thing. But uh, my niche was concert photography and concert um, directing. So I uh, took a couple different jobs doing some live concert video directing um, back in Indiana. It went really well. I started doing some independent work with some record labels. It went really well. And I ended up coming to L.A. and, and getting a job as the video director for a, a boy band that no one had ever heard of, the actual first boy band was called O-Town, um, but they disbanded early. And so I got um, transferred to another group called NSYNC, who no one knew about. And uh, the rest is history from there. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned coming out here to L.A. to work for the video company. How did you end up getting into photography? Did it begin just as a hobby? You know, it began as a hobby for sure. I mean, I've always had a, an eye. People have always noticed that I had a... Um, a God-given talent to see things differently. Um, right. and I don't take credit for that. It's a, it's just the way I see things. So I was able to communicate that, uh, my vision to camera people, um, but I never was a technical uh, person in the world of photography. I always had a an engineer, someone who would, was a shader who would take care of all the technical parts. I would just be calling the shots and saying, let's get this and get that. So 
the hobby uh, with photography happened just, you know, as a result of, of trying to get creative and trying to do it at my own pace. Um, obviously, photography uh, is a lot different than live event uh, directing. It's a lot more mellow, a lot more chill. I can control uh, things a lot easier. So uh, the, the hobby became, um, became a passion, and I still um, am not technically sound in my mind. I still don't want to be too technically sound. I know enough, uh, just enough to kind of get by. I try to just use my eye. And now in post-processing, there's so much you can do to fix um, technical errors that might happen on the front end. And I'm able to get away with with um, basically keeping my creative eye and not getting too technical while shooting photographs. Right. And how did you how did you come to the realization where you could realize, hey, I can get paid for this? I know right now you're the official or the licensed photographer for Pebble Beach. So when did that light bulb kind of go off in your head? You know, that happened when um, just through responsiveness from um, social media, to be honest. Um, I never really said that's what I want to do. I never said, you know what, I want to go out and, and shoot photos and get paid. I, I decided I wanted to shoot photos to kind of create um, – memories um and you know to be quite honest uh, the way golf kind of came into the picture was I, I experienced so much beauty on the golf course as i was out there and i would capture it for myself uh selfishly and and, and personally i wanted to kind of remember that day and um you know that transcended uh, those images i i kind of tried to uh, catalog or try to upload to, to a site where I wasn't paying a lot of money. So I wasn't, you know, paying for cloud services. So I, I uploaded some stuff to MySpace way back in the day and uh, that um, went okay. But right as I did that, I think Facebook and Instagram started coming around um, right. and I got into that part of the deal. So that's where I uh, got a lot of feedback from my work and people were reaching out to me saying, Hey, we want your pictures uh, the way you do it. We want that at our club or we want that at our resort or, or whatnot. So kind of how that became a thing. Yeah, well, you stumbled into that quite nicely. You've uh, <laughs> dug, dug out a nice little niche for yourself. So when you're out there on the track, um, what exactly are you looking for when you're shooting? I know you said a lot of it is natural and you have the eye, but obviously yeah. there's something that you see when it's like, ooh, that's that shot that I want. Yeah, well, you know, I've learned now to shoot um, kind of – I don't want to lose – so, you know, people like uh, the glory shots, I guess, that I produce. They like the stuff that is um, sunrise, sunset. Um, it's not player uh, shots. It's more landscape photography. So when I go out to the course, I'm looking for um, the things of the golf course that kind of stand out. But more importantly now, what I've learned is um, – Every course has something that people tend to know it by, whether it's um, the squirrels that are always on hole 12 or it's the, uh, or it's the uh, bighorn sheep or it's uh, the cactus. It just, there's always something iconic mm -hmm. or something that you remember of a golf course. So I know that when I go to a course, one thing I want to do is try to capture that thing um, because that's usually what people will relate to the most. So I'll go out, do my landscape thing, and then I go, well, in the end, what do people remember? Is it the park benches? Is it the uh, is it the kikuya grass? Whatever it is, I try to grab that and try to see if I can um, work that element over and give the uh, client that kind of um, 
lasting impression that people tend to remember. And they don't remember everything about a golf course, but you you usually remember one or two things. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of your stuff has been with your feet on the ground, but how has the incorporation of the drone kind of changed the game? Um, you oh, think game changer. Is oh, there, sure. Is there less skill involved now, or is there just more opportunity? No, definitely not less skill because, um, you know, it's, you know, I always tell people that <laughs> you still got to, so that there again, here comes the, um, not to get too technical, but, you know, uh, drone operations, um, uh, they've gotten easier over the past few years, but there's still a technical side that, that you have to really understand how those work. And sure. then there's a camera factor there too that you got to control. And uh, fortunately, you know, I've been shooting so many pictures. I've been a drone pilot for probably four years, four or five years. And um, the way the laws work is you have to be licensed and you have to um, be certified and you have to have a basically a um, um, unmanned aerial vehicle license. So I uh, had to go to, to the airport and I had to study and I had to learn and test for it. So I got that that license. So there's this technical side that not any you can't just go out and shoot. You know, you got to know what you're doing. But then once you're up there, um, it's not easier because you're up in the air. It's actually harder, in my opinion, because um, there's a certain creative that you have to um, have in shooting those images in the right time of day and the right light. And then you have to shoot knowing what you can do with those images. So now I get up in the air and I'm thinking about what I'm going to do with that image in post-processing to actually um, help the image out. So it doesn't have to be a perfect picture uh, on the onset again. But that yeah. whole uh, drone photography has been a game changer for me. It literally um, um, changed, uh, <laughs> changed the perspective, you know. And people like both, which has helped me quite a bit because I can now present um, both packages to a client. And it's not just ground photography, but I have tons of experience in aerial photography. And um, most people like a little bit of both. Yeah, you're a you're a five tool player. Um, <laughs> so you know, not every not every amateur out there, every average Joe has a drone that they can throw up in the air. So, what is your best advice for that amateur photographer who's just out playing golf that runs into a hole that they absolutely love the setting and wants to take a photo? What's your best advice for them? To, My best advice is. Um, to leave it up to a professional. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, my best my best advice would be um, stay away from uh, shooting into the sun. Um, stay away from wide angle perspectives because what I'm knowing as an amateur now is that, uh, as an amateur uh, amateurs now are shooting with cell phones. They're not shooting with DSLRs and they're not shooting with um, telephoto lenses. Most amateurs are um, are shooting with cell phones. So. I usually um, kind of guide that guy because he's he's the one who's posting stuff that is so you know wide format. It's so wide angle. You don't you don't see much from that perspective. So I usually say tighten up on your shots a little bit. Try to focus on a flag. Find something whether you get down in the bunker and give a really tight perspective of, of the sand. Do something to kind of mm -hmm. enhance the image a little bit and. Um, most people like those posts better. That's I was posting a lot of cell phone images when I first started. I noticed that people loved those um, those bunker shots. When you get down there and, and, and the worm's eye view and like kind of just get in there uh, and shoot that kind of stuff, it's cool. It looks cool and, and people can relate to it. 
So leave it up yeah. to the professional was a joke, but um, I don't know. There's a lot of people yeah. out there with a lot of ability, but they also have a lot of uh, um, means that in their disposal of the cell phones. Now I can't even tell you. They're just, well, you know, they're incredible. You can do yeah, great absolutely. stuff with a cell phone. All right. Well, yeah, I just got done writing those down. So my Instagram clout <laughs> is about to go through the roof. Yeah, save your money. You don't go out and buy one of those fancy cameras. Unless you're planning on printing in large format. That would be really uh, the only reason you go out and spend thousands of dollars on a fancy lens and, and, and getting a 50-megapixel camera. Well, speaking of large format, throughout this podcast here on our YouTube channel, we're going to be running um, terrific photos of you that you've provided. So I'm going to give you a chance here to plug your website. Anybody wants to go and, and print out or buy one of those full prints, why don't you go ahead and uh, give a shout out? Yeah, go to uh, www.channingbenjamin.com. Um, you can also um, check out most of my uh, current work on my Instagram feed. It's at Channing Benjamin Photography. Um, so, yeah, go to my website. Everything that you see there, you can uh, add to the shopping cart and you can formats and sizes and uh, they'll tell you pricing options and and um, I'm uploading things uh, there as we speak. All this downtime from this pandemic has given me a chance to pull up images that I haven't had time to work on and I'm like wow there's a lot of stuff that I could be um, adding to my website which I'm doing so check Absolutely. it out. All right well you heard it here first check, go check it out um, and I think that does it for this episode of Quarantine Chronicles. So, Channing, uh, thanks for joining, man. And we'll see you back out on the golf course uh, hopefully sooner than later. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Take care. All right. Talk soon.